I'm going to talk to you just about something that's part of my DNA, it's part of my mission, and it's part of what I want to draw out of others, and that's purpose. I'm sure you read in the bulletin, my title is, Why Are You Here? And that's my question, and I want you to think about that from now moving forward. Why are you here? As many of you know, um, I was formerly a high school agricultural science teacher. Um, I loved interacting with my students. I love getting inside the mind of a teenager. It is literally the most awesome space in the universe while being the scariest environment imaginable. But I've always liked walking the fine line between, between uh, sanity and reality, so I'd prod deeper into this in my classroom. One of the ways I did that is I created a little box, and I attached it to the wall at the front of my classroom. On the side of that box, it had a little notepad with removable pages and had a little pen. And on the front, it had four words. Can anybody guess what those words were? Why are you here? That's it. That's all I put. I didn't put anything else. No explanation. No requirements. I never taught a lesson over it. I just put those four little words on the box. And from time to time, I would go check that box. I would open it up, and never one time did I open it and it was empty. There was always something in it. Some of the responses were deep. Like some of them had their goals, their life purpose, their, their dreams, their girlfriend's names, their, their future spouse, uh, had all of these deep thoughts on them. But some of them were less deep, more superficial, and I couldn't help but be intrigued by those answers. Here's some of them. These are actually out of my box. Why are you here? From the high school students in Leonard's high school ag class. Because my counselor put me here. Because I want to learn about animal science. Valid answer. Because my dad wants me to learn to weld. These are all anonymous. I don't know which students these came from, by the way. Um, I don't want to be here. Okay. Because my friends were signing up for this class, I'm here to learn because I was disrupting class at my other seat, so I didn't actually tell them the context of why are you here. That person thought, why are you in this chair? And I'm pretty sure I know who that one was. Um, I'm here to conquer the world. Uh, my girlfriend's taking this class. Because I don't want to go to college, and your class seems like a good way to learn a trade, my family has always taken ag. I don't know why I'm here. Uh, my schedule says I'm supposed to be here. And it seems like an easy thing to take. So, the mind of a teenager, they're brutally honest at times. And at times they can make you feel like you've conquered the world in one minute, and the next minute they cut your legs right out from under you. Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. So, God bless those teenagers, though, because they teach us a lesson. Teenagers are brutally honest at times, especially when it's anonymous. They love to speak their mind. I think a lot of times our teenagers don't really know the outlet to speak their mind because sometimes they're not given that outlet. But this box gave them that chance to, to speak without any, um, any penalty, without any uh, response from me directly to them. Sometimes we would talk about these responses in my class, um, but, but it was never about the person that wrote them, okay? 
So as we move through this, um, and I reflect back on this, I can't help but think more about the students that wrote those superficial responses, that wrote, because my counselor put me here, or because I was causing trouble at mother's seat. I included more of those in this list of the sampling because those are more important to me. Those are the students that needed me the most. They didn't really want to be there. They may not have had any sort of guiding influence in their life. So those are the ones that needed me. They needed me to be their teacher and to help guide them into success later in their life. Um, and I wonder, church, um, do you think that our answers would be so different about why we are here? Why are you here? Maybe you're here because your family comes here. Maybe your schedule says church on it on Sunday, so you're here. Maybe we started out coming for a different reason than we're coming for now. Or just maybe you have something to offer and you don't even know it. Why are you here? Why are you in that seat? Why are you in this building? Why are you in Kerrville? Why are you in Texas? Why are you in the United States? Why were you even born? All questions we have to ask ourselves that God holds the answers to, and only God holds the answers to, until he allows it to be revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Does anybody in here know who the Holy Spirit is? Does anybody in here talk to the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit talks back, usually in a little voice, sometimes in a big voice, sometimes it comes through Chad Arns. Who knows, right? The Holy Spirit talks to us through different ways, okay? Not usually through Chad Arns, but sometimes. Um, but why... Why is the Holy Spirit going to tell us this? Because it's a purpose for our life. It's why we are here. And if we believe in the Holy Spirit, then we believe that that's going to come to us. So, before we go any further, let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you so much for this time that we get to spend together. We thank you for the dynamics and the diversity of this this church and the people that make it up. And God, we just pray um, for another church in our community. We pray for Calvary Temple. And uh, God, this is just one thing that we love doing every week is praying for another, another fellowship that is part of our body. God, that we um, are just an extension of each other and that we can all work together to help fulfill the purpose that you've given us on this earth. And God, that we actually use that and we don't lose it. God, we ask that your words are spoken here today and that all the glory is yours and that hearts are changed and that motives are changed today. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So we all have a divine reason for our position on this planet. Do you agree? Let me see. I'm going to need some hands. I'm a teacher, or was. I need some hands. Okay. So we all have a divine purpose. We agree on that. And each of us has been given a talent that we must, must, I typed it in capitals, that we must use because God's given us that talent. And if we don't use it, we'll lose it. That ain't just for me. Let me read some out of this book. It's called the Bible. Do we believe in the Bible? Okay, so I'm going to read this to you. My contacts go blurry. I might come down there and make one of you finish. Okay, so we're in Luke chapter 19 starting in verse 11. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, 
And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten servants and gave them ten pounds of silver to invest for him while he was gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say that they did not want him to be the king. When he returned, the king called in the servants, so he was crowned the king. The king called in the servants to whom he had given their money. He wanted to find out what they had done with the money that, with the money, and what their profits were. The first servant reported a tremendous gain, ten times what the, uh, what the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a trustworthy servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, and you will be, go- you will be the governor over ten cities as your reward. The next servant also reported a gain five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, I hid it and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Hard am I. If you knew so much about me and how, I, how tough I am, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank so I could at least get some interest on it? Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who earned the most. But, master, they said, this servant already has enough. Yes, the king replied, but to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But for those who are unfaithful, even with the little they have, will be taken from them. Church, what have you been trusted to to, uh, oversee? What is your gift? What is your talent that you need to be investing? What is your purpose? Church, I believe that this story does not necessarily have anything to do with money but has everything to do with what God has given us to use for his kingdom. If we do not use these, we will lose them. It says it right there. Mr. Cummings read it a moment ago. If we don't use it, we'll lose it. And in this case, I'm seeing that as being the gifts and talents that God has given us to serve him on this earth. The servant who made ten times what was entrusted was praised and brought up to a higher level, and given more. The same with the servant that made five times as much. They were given more in accordance with what they did with the original amount. But that servant that hid it and kept it close to him, he was called wicked. He was stripped of everything. Now, in our culture today, I mean, that doesn't seem so bad. He gave back what was given to him. Same amount was given back to the king. He didn't steal from the king. He didn't take anything that wasn't his. He gave it back. That's not enough. That's not enough. We are required to use that to benefit the kingdom, to expand the kingdom so that we can be given other gifts. Why did he keep that so close? Maybe he was scared to lose it. Maybe he was just plain lazy. Maybe he didn't want to do anything. Cats away, mice will play. I'll keep this safe. When he comes back, I'll give it back. 
That's not what was required of him. That's not where we, is, that is not what is required of us. There's one thing that is a fact. He knew he was given something that he had to use. So he could not say, God, I didn't know that I had this talent. I didn't know that I was supposed to use this. This guy knew. He was given something tangible. And that's why these red letters that are written here are spoken this way, so that we can understand it a little bit better. That we can grasp that he was given some silver and that he was supposed to make more silver out of that. Okay? He knew that. That is uh, irrevocable. He knew that. Church, let me ask you, which servant are you? Are you the wicked servant? Have you hidden away your talents? Have you received a gift from God and chosen not to use it? Can't help but think that that's got to be some of us. Maybe today is your first time hearing that you undoubtedly have been given a gift from God to use. Maybe I'm the first one to tell you that. That no matter who you are, no matter how untalented you think you are, that you have been given this gift. So, sorry to tell you, now there's no excuse. You all know. Many of you knew many, many years ago, but we're supposed to be using this gift. If we don't, you saw what happened to that servant. Quite possibly you're, you're one of the former servants that did very well, that invested that, and you did well with what you were entrusted with. You're living in your talent, and others can see it clearly. They want to be around you because they can see this in you. What song does this is? What song is this? This little light of mine. That little light is your gift, is your talent. That's your light. That's what people are drawn to, just like bugs on the light on your porch, except it won't kill you when they get to it. It is your light. Your talent, your purpose in this world is that. So why are so many of us not using all of our talents? Or maybe any of them. Is it the fear of failure that is stopping us from using them? Because the God that I serve did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power. Thanks, Chad. Is this the simple fact that life is good and you don't want to use your gift? Maybe you're being lazy? Because there are people out there that are depending on you to use your gift before they can know God, maybe know their gift, maybe know that, they're, that they have been given a gift. They're depending on you to do that. So if you're not using your gift, you're not only cheating yourself, you're also cheating the other divine appointments that you're set up for. Is it possible that you don't think you're good enough? Or you don't think you have enough faith to step into this area of talent? Sometimes it's scary. Guys, I'm not talking America's Got Talent here. Or maybe I am. Maybe you do have a talent to sing, and you get up there and you sing in front of millions, and, and in some way that brings you a chance to spread the kingdom of God. In that case, probably pretty scary. Maybe your talent is just being an encourager. You can send a text, you can pick up the phone, you can give a hug, you can give a pat on the back. That's not that scary. But to some people, that is scary. But what God tells us is that he's never going to give us something that is more than we can handle with him. So no matter if you've got to get up on the big stage or if you need to go give a hug, you can do it. 
because God has given you that, and he's not going to leave you. Is it possible that you've received new gifts because you did very, very well with your original gifts? Yes, I see a lot of that in here. Carolyn Anderson, she's a supporter and an encourager, and I can see that, and I feel it when she prays for me every day. I know that she does. B.J. Duggar, I don't know if he's here today, he has tremendous talents in the rodeo arena that put him in a situation to be around a crowd that needs the Lord badly. Rick Sorala, he can connect with young people very well, and he uses that to, to further and benefit their lives. So many people that I see in this community are using their talents, but I still wonder how many talents are lying dormant and how many talents will be taken away. Let me back up just a little bit for a second. Let me talk, about, talk to the group of people here that this is their first time to hear that God has definitely given you a talent to use. 100% you have it. There's no question, no doubt. Or maybe you knew that, but you've never really believed it. Let me talk to you for a second. Do you know what your talent looks like? Even if you don't believe that you've, even if you haven't believed that you've been given a gift from God, you may still know what you're good at. You can see it peek out from time to time. And in some cases, your past forms a skill in your life that you now need to use for your future. Sometimes that's a rough past. Sometimes that's a happy past. But no matter what your past is, sometimes that develops a new skill in you. Okay? You can be an overcomer. You can, you can be whatever you need to be. But it's those hidden talents that need to come out. God is really good at turning a dim past into a bright future. Okay? So use that past. Um, if you're that person, here's the first step. Ask God to reveal your purpose and your gift. Ask him. Ask him to show you in his own way what you're supposed to be doing right here and right now. Quite possibly, um, you're going to see this in a thousand different ways come to you. But if you ask this and you believe it and you start looking for it, there's the key. You can ask all day long, but if you're not watching and looking and paying attention, you're probably not going to see it. Because a lot of times, as described before, the Holy Spirit is a, a small voice that you need to be watching for. Okay? That may come through a friend. That may come through a dream. That may come through a, through a radio show. It could come in one million different forms. But if you're watching for that, then you're going to see what your gift is. Kind of bringing this back around. What's the next step for all of us? Okay, we've all sat here and agreed that we have talents and gifts and a purpose that we have to live out. What do we do? What do we do next? Let me tell you one of the biggest things you can do. You can guide each other. If you see a talent or something that somebody is really good at, go tell that person. Because maybe you are being told to do that by the Holy Spirit and they are asking for, for the Holy Spirit to tell them, What's my talent? God, what's my talent? I don't know what I'm good at. I feel like I'm bad at everything. People tell me I'm bad at everything. Maybe you're that one person that is sent from the Holy Spirit because you know that's how God works. He uses us as his hands and feet. That's in this book called the Bible. 
Okay? So when you get that urge to go tell somebody that they're really good at something, please do not squelch that urge. Go do it. Because that might be the one time that person's heard that they're good at something. And if you've ever been in that situation, then you know that it just takes one person to pick you back up, to pull you back off of that ledge. And maybe that's exactly what you do. Maybe you pull them back off the ledge. Okay? But go speak those words over them. Speak the encouragement into their life. And I promise you it will make a difference. You might not get to see that difference right away, but it will make a difference. Secondly, after you have told somebody else what they're good at, use what you're good at. Okay, if you're still in the searching mode, keep praying, keep looking, keep searching, find it. Because you have been given it. I can't say that enough. Everybody has it. Everybody has it. You've got to use it. If you don't, you're going to lose it. We've been given salvation for free. That doesn't mean that we get to run wild and crazy. We have a job to do. We have to use our salvation to expand more salvation. We can't just see God at the end of our life and say, here's your amount of silver back. No, he wants to know, here's your amount of silver, and here's all the other people I brought with me. Okay? So we have to use our gifts. We have to know what our purpose is. If you don't have a purpose or if you're wondering, talk to somebody about it. Get, some, get somebody to, to help you find your talents. That's why we're here. That's why we meet together and we don't meet separately because we have to communicate with each other. And finally, I need you to get excited about this. This is your purpose in life. This is why you're here. This is not your career. This is not based on how good you are. This is based on why are you on this planet. You have to get excited about that or nobody else is going to want to buy into it. Think, think about your life and your past and who are the people that you're drawn to? Who do you want to go and hang out with? It's the people that are happy, they're excited, they're full of energy, right? It's those people that are always positive, always encouraging. Those are the people you're drawn to. Motivational speakers, preachers, uh, sports stars, all of these people are, are happy, they're positive, they're full of energy, and they're willing to show it. Hey, you keep it balled up inside, it's what the wicked servant did. Don't do that. Let it out. Let people see you praising God. When we sing a song about God, we lift our hands to you. Don't make it lip service. Let other people see that you're worshiping God and lifting your hands to Him like, you're, like your mouth is saying. Let them see you do that. That is going to do so much for people around you and you. Hug a neck, clap your hands, do what you got to do to let people know that you're excited, that you're sold out, that this is what I'm here for. I'm not here to be a home builder. I'm not here to be a teacher. I'm here to be excited about what the Lord has put in me and on me to do. You have to show your excitement. Drink more coffee if you have to. If you get tired, drink some coffee. If you're shaking, stop drinking coffee. But I do mean this seriously. You have to physically show your excitement. Okay? Try that this week. Act at work and at home just like you would act here. Okay? Carry that same aura about you. If you're excited when you get to church and you're happy to feel uplifted, do that all week. Let people see it. 
Sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. Sometimes you don't feel like being excited and you don't feel like showing energy. That's okay. But sometimes you've got to keep doing that for yourself and for others. Do not hide this inside. Your purpose is to be lived out, not to be lived in. Use your purpose, use your skills, use your gifts, and let others see them. Because somebody might see somebody else and say, I want to do that. I want to be like that guy. I want to be, I want, I want to do this. And when you're early and you're young and you're old, it doesn't matter if you want something in your heart, then there's a good chance that that's what? Your purpose. If you want that deep down inside, that's probably God putting that in there, saying, let me out. Let people see. I want that in your life. So church, join me in renewing why we're on this planet. Why are we here? We're not here to drift through life. And if we show up at that gate at the end of our life and we've been given that salvation and that's all we give back, that might be a scary, scary sight. Let's show up with our original amount with all these other people coming with us. Okay? It's my challenge to you. If you don't know what that purpose is, if you heard today that I have a skill and you didn't know that before, I have a purpose. You're here for a reason and this is the first time, then let's talk about that. Me, somebody else, your neighbor, the person sitting next to you, we're all here for the same reason. Talk to them. This is a safe place to do that. And then start looking and listening for the answer. Let's spread this out, not in. Okay? If we can't be bold here, we're not going to be bold out there. Thank you.